Green Sets Podcast. My name is Tyler Patterson. I'm joined by Timothy Walcott, my co-host. What's up? And we are doing our first Zoom podcast. So hopefully this sounds good for you guys. And if you want to see the video, you can tune in to the Motor Strength Health Club YouTube, and it will be our only video. And you get to see Tim stroking his mustache like he just did. Either so that wanna... or uh, Between Sets. I don't know what the account name is, but it'll be Between oh, Sets or Motor Strength Health Club. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes below, probably the between, probably between sets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys know. Uh, follow us on Instagram to find all that out. And today we are joined by Kevin Boyd. Hello What's there. up, Kev? <laughs> Not much. Thanks for having me. Uh, Kev's a good friend of ours. We've known him for, uh, well, I've known him for a few years now. And then Reconnected got involved in an accountability group with him. And then I've wanted to have him on the show for the last little while now. Um, Kev used to play professional hockey overseas, and now he does financial advising. Um, I've gone to him personally many times just with different questions around finances and uh, uh, investing in different things in that area. So uh, I've always really uh, respected and liked his answers and uh, philosophies around those things. So uh, I wanted to get his thoughts, his opinions, uh, have a little discussion, kind of interview, but similar to how we usually do this stuff. Uh, So very discussion-based. Um, just around uh, finances, uh, economics, investing, um, saving money, all that stuff, and how it relates as well topically to what we're going through now as far as uh, this pandemic and COVID-19. So, um, Kev, first of all, uh, I'd like to ask you, you're a financial advisor. Um, That's right. A lot of people don't know what that is. Well, a lot of people know what that is words-wise, but like, what does a financial advisor do? What do you do? What is your job? So... Essentially, my job is very simple. My job is to help put individuals in a better spot financially tomorrow than they're at today. Simple as that, right? So there's a lot of aspects that go into that. So whether it's um, helping protect against the worst that could happen to someone and helping them realize what their goals are and help them work towards those goals and put a plan in place to do that. Yeah. So a financial advisor basically is just someone that, can, uh, that you can develop a relationship with and start working towards the life that you want to live. Um, is there other aspects to financial advising? Like, is that just the umbrella term for what you do? Or is there other things that, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, are there So different- yeah, it addresses specific needs. So in terms of investing, and we help out with uh, investing philosophies, investing needs. Um, we do insurance, so health insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, critical illness. Okay. Uh, employee benefits for businesses. Um, we also help with tax planning, uh, estate planning. Uh, it all kind of is encompassed under the financial planning, financial advising umbrella. Okay. But yeah, so that's a little bit more specifically what it is. Um, at the end of the day, though, we're a resource to help you uh, make better financial decisions, um, develop those good financial habits, and really start to, I don't know, get excited about working towards the future that you want to have and create a plan to get there. Do, do you find a lot of people going off that? Uh, obviously, as a financial advisor, you your job is thinking about the future and planning. Not all of your clients are wired like that, which is why maybe they uh, should hire you and do hire you. But what do you think that that's a problem like with the majority of people is the lack of foresight as far as seeing the horizon, seeing the future and planning ahead? I think just in general, that's a problem with Western society is that people are very, um, 
like like today centric they're they don't yeah. think past what's happening tomorrow they don't think in the future everything the world kind of revolves around them right now um and they don't really take that wider view like what what do i want to accomplish in my life uh what's really important to me why am yeah. i working why am i making why am i spending all this time to make money what's the what, what's the intention behind all of it right so i do yeah. think just in general that is an issue for people uh i find that a lot of my job is behavior coaching more than the right. actual specific finances yeah um if if you you can only really control what you can control and if you take the proper steps then it's really simple to get yourself in a better spot and to be honest it's exciting when i sit down with clients and i start asking them about their goals and what they want to accomplish in their life and how they plan on getting there uh they get excited about kind of putting a plan in place to accomplish those goals right so i think yeah to answer your initial question people are a little bit too focused on today and I hope to help as many people as I can start looking at tomorrow and creating a plan to get there. Have you, have you, um, you know, cause you're relatively new to this as far as the financial advising part, right? Yep. Do, um, have you tried to differentiate yourself in some way from other FAs in the industry? Cause I know that, you know, I wouldn't have a good, uh, maybe, uh, uh gauge for the rest of the industry, but, I have a good gauge as far as what gen pop would see it as someone outside of that bubble um, because I'm not in it. And uh, I know that there's certain stereotypes with maybe not financial advisors, maybe so like insurance guys, you know? Yeah. And, and like I, can, a, I, I can say for sure that I've had that problem with the insurance thing. Yeah. It's a bit of a background. I started out in the insurance side of things. I was initially working on the group benefit side of things with employee benefits, mm -hmm. uh, which people just, see as insurance and then moved over to strictly life insurance and then with one of the big banks um and then now that i'm over to the financial advising thing a lot of my uh a lot of my network just sees me as the insurance guy right mm -hmm. and people there's the connotation there that this like slimy insurance salesman so <laughs> uh i found that that's a bit of a road bump, road bump that i've had to get over but yeah. uh and i thought initially i've always actually had a really good uh kind of perception of financial advisors my entire life, which is why I've always kind of wanted to be one. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of other people, yeah, the same, same connotation as the insurance salesman, they see you as a salesman. And that's what I've really done a lot of work to try and get past to differentiate myself is that some people fit that mold. There are advisors out there that are strictly salesmen. They only worry about making numbers meet. And I don't think that there's, I think you guys had Dale Hall and he has said the same thing. There's no spot for that in the industry. You're not doing anyone justice. You're not doing yourself justice and you're not helping anyone if uh, that's what your intention is. So really that's been my biggest goal is to differentiate myself in that way to really develop relationships with people. Um, I don't think that I can do my job properly unless I really know what matters to my client most and know them on a personal level. Um, because if I don't, then how am I supposed to make any recommendations on pushing them towards the future that they want to live. I need to know them. So, and have them be completely genuinely honest with me. So has that been a challenge as far as trying to differentiate yourself and a lot of people seeing you in a certain way and them either maybe not taking you seriously. I don't know if that's true, but either that or uh, them just having a preconceived notion about you. And then you being like, no, no, I'm not obsessed with money or greedy or whatever other connotation that you don't want to be associated with. Have you ever um, had a problem with that or? It is until I sit down and meet with someone face to face. So when you're just kind of one off talking to someone, they'll 
you can tell that they have that perception. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you either sit down with them for coffee or sit, go over to their house and give them a visit and actually have a real conversation, I think it kind of sinks into them pretty quickly that, oh, this isn't just, he's not, he's not trying to sell me anything right now. That's not what right. this is about whatsoever, right? Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's funny because I find that anyone, when I hear other people mention what I do, they go, oh, he's the insurance guy. So even like a good example, even my mom does it still. Yeah. And she should be my, my number one advocate for this. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I'll have. To, I think that kind of comes with time and experience too. Um, the more people that I help, the more that reputation will get out there. And like you said, on the actual financial advising side, I am fairly new. So uh, I think that I'm just going to have to give that some time. And, but I'm sure it'll, it'll blow over as long as I do the right things. As long as I'm helping people the way that I'm saying I will right now, yeah. uh, that reputation will follow. So since you're relatively new to this stuff too, is this current pandemic the most uh, tumultuous time economically that you've experienced? Uh, Absolutely. Yes. And funny (laughs) enough, a lot of uh, more tenured advisors are saying that they've never seen anything like this either. Uh, Obviously there was the, there was the, uh, there's been other recessions and crashes and whatnot, but they've in terms of an actual pandemic where people are concerned about their health their health yeah. sorry um they're in lockdown quarantine mar- markets are dropping markets are just mm-hmm. super volatile people yeah. are freaking out and nobody has necessarily been through something exactly like this so i'm actually to be honest kind of happy that this is happening right at the beginning of my career because i think mm-hmm. it puts into perspective why i'm doing what i'm doing and really how i can help my clients and it's a good test right off the hop to make sure that I'm servicing my clients properly. And it gives me a really good opportunity to help as many people as possible. There's a lot of people that are concerned about one, their personal well-being. They're starting to realize that the unexpected can happen. Um, and they're recognizing that uh, one, either that their plan is solid or two, that they don't have a plan in place at all and that they need one. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I would say, I think that, I kind of try and live my life by this, that, uh, again, Dale Hall mentioned the same thing. The five P's, the proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah. If you're prepared for something like this, then you wouldn't have to worry right now in terms of financially speaking, I guess. Um, but there's a lot of people that are not prepared and that's where they're taking a big beating right now. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm happy. I'm obviously not happy that this is happening in general, but I'm happy to, have this happen early on in my career so that I can learn from it now. And I think it'll lead to me being a better advisor going forward. Yeah. Sorry to spring this on you. So kind of early in the conversation, Kev as well. Um, but, but is there a piece of advice that everyone could have right now during this epidemic? So I think my main question would be, um, should you do a bunch of investing because the market is so low? Like, do you have a thought on that? Have you, have you kind of thought through that recently? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, very big topic of discussion with uh, financial advisors right now. Um, I would say if you have a plan in place, let's say no matter where you are in your financial plan, I guess, but if you have a plan in place and it's set up properly, then that's the entire reason that you put one in place to protect you from instances like this. Stick to the plan, continue with the same financial behaviors that you've developed. Um, and if you're worried, speak to your advisor. They'll kind of talk you off that cliff sort of thing. They'll help you out um, 
but you you have a plan in place for a reason stick to the plan and it'll run its course if you take a look at statistically the history of any sort of crash or recession the markets end up bouncing back um, if you're just consistent calm and patient it'll all come back to normal whether it's a few months a few years whatever it is your plan is will be intact and things will continue to go according to plan um, I think that with the markets going down people look at it as a negative thing you can kind of look at life in two different ways just look at the positive side of everything look at the negative side and a lot of people look at markets downturning as a negative if you look at the positive side it's kind of like all these equities and whatnot are at a discount right now it's honestly a good opportunity to get into the market and if you're consistent let's say you have pre-authorized contributions that every single month a certain amount of money goes into the market each month, as it goes down, each month you're getting that same amount or you're getting more bang for your buck, basically. And so there is going to be opportunities. Uh, I don't think that trying to predict the market right now is the best thing. It's super volatile and no, nobody can predict it. Just be consistent with what you're doing. There's opportunities out there. The market will bounce back. And uh, yeah, just stick to the plan, basically. You have a plan in place for a reason. And if you don't have a plan in place, there's no better time than right now. I'm sure a lot of people have more time on their hands. Uh, financial advisors are still working. We're able to do these cool Zoom calls instead of coming to meeting you in person. So um, yeah, reach out to an advisor. Uh, if you have an advisor, reach out to them, get an update on your plan. And now's a good time to set up a plan if you don't have one. It's kind of a good reminder that anything can happen. So yeah. yeah. Well, I think the layman spark notes there because... I'm a layman myself, so I'll, I'll speak to everybody else that is also in the same boat as me. Um, so number one would be, you know, if you have questions, obviously consult an expert. Uh, yes. Kevin Boyd, of course, obviously. If you don't have a financial advisor already. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you do, call them, of course. Uh, get their insight because they've clearly made a plan with you. So I think that's important. Uh, and the next one would be, it's not, it's, I, I was trying to take some stuff out of it, Kev. It's not a bad idea to get in at this point. But I think, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it's the smartest thing to like put all your money in it right now, but <laughs> it's not a bad place to start because you're going to get some, sh you know, some shares and, and you get, get your money into something and it yeah. could just grow because I think the general consensus is that the market will bounce back and kind of level out again at some point. So you will be, you know, buying low, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Just put a little bit in it's not a bad time so what again what i think you were what i think you were saying is it's not a bad time to start but obviously start slow and be consistent so whatever you're doing try to stick with one thing try to stick with the plan yeah yeah just do what you do what you can handle get in i don't think that there's ever a bad time to get in the market and set up a plan and to be honest like if you're going to try and day trade the market it's a, it's a losing game right so i'm not suggesting that um but if you go in with a plan with intention behind putting your money into the markets um, and you have a fairly long time horizon, then yeah, you don't have to worry about where the market's at right now because over the long run, the market generally performs well. So um, yeah, basically your spark notes were right on there. Cool. I, they weren't as spark notey as I wanted it to. I wanted it to be a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit shorter than that, but uh, uh, come on. Yeah, Ty. dude, that would have yeah. been if you were doing spark notes when I was, or was that spark notes when we were in high school? Yeah. When you're going, is that the same yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you had done those like a, on a book report that I had to do, I'd have been so pissed. 
We're like yeah. these aren't spark notes. He's like, he just, he, the actual book. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he just rewrote the book and put his name on it. This is plagiarism. I was actually trying to do jot notes, and then I was like, "Oh, I don't really know how to explain this in less than ten in less than ten words." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, no, but I, I think it's I think it's important to. I think this is a really important time going through what we're going through, is to understand why a good financial plan is so important. Like think about all the people that this is a extreme example, of course, but it's still very important to understand why the planning is so crucial because in a time like this, you might not have some money somewhere. So saving and planning for the longer term as well uh, is important. So I I think it's, it kind of brings us back to reality right now. I feel like people were flying high. It had been, what was it? 12 years since a big, real big market crash. And people thought that they were invincible in the markets, right? Everyone was winning. Um, And so this kind of brings people back to reality, like, oh yeah, bad things can happen. If you have a good plan in place, it will help hedge your risk against that. So yeah, I think you're right. Kev, I have a a, a personal question for you, at least personal for me. This time- I have a personal answer for you. Perfect. I want it to be tailored just to me, baby. Uh, so with this time, I've definitely started to be more aware of, uh, things like emergency funds, which a lot of people, uh, recommend. Um, and, uh, as a relatively new investor, I was aware of it, but didn't take a lot of, uh, put a lot of focus into something like that. Um, now I see something like this happen. I go, Oh, these things do happen. Is that what this is supposed to help? And I'm assuming it is, but I don't, what I want to ask you is what is an emergency fund? What is it meant to do? And how would you help someone make one? So an emergency fund essentially is putting away um, a percentage of your income for a rainy day. And so right now is that rainy day basically. So generally what I would suggest is putting away about six months of your income. So you can do that slowly, but surely build it up. Um, I mean, in terms of saving, the more money you can save and the more intentional you are with your money, the better. So you put a percentage of your money away automatically into a fund that is going to sit there. You're not going to touch, but it's going to be available for you in case something like this happens, in case you're laid off of your job, in case you aren't able to work for whatever reason and you need that money. You need that income there in case you're not bringing in income anymore. That's essentially what an emergency fund is there for or in case any other emergency happens. So someone gets sick, someone gets hurt, you have some emergency expense, maybe something happens to your house, anything that is an emergency expense, um, you've got something there in place. I mean, there are other solutions for that. There's income protection insurance and whatnot, but um, having that money put away is always a good idea just to make sure that you're not going to be sucked dry during a time like this. Would, would you also agree with the, uh, uh, the, 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 the statement that, or the recommendation that an emergency fund should be highly liquid. So it's just easier to access like during an emergency. So you don't have to, you, you're not challenged to access the funds. Yeah. So I would say basically you can put your savings into sort of different buckets. So you can have certain money that's going towards retirement. Those go into registered accounts and whatnot. Um, certain money that goes that's saved towards an emergency fund, certain money that's been saved towards different things. So if it's specifically towards buying a house or 
kind of going back to what I was saying, being a little bit more intentional, mm-hmm. I think that each of those different buckets would have a different liquidity need. So an emergency fund is one of the ones that you would need a little bit of liquidity, um, maybe a little bit less market exposure, a little bit less risk, risk exposure. That way you don't need to worry as much about losing that money that's there in right. case something bad happens. It needs to kind of be readily available. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would agree with that statement that it should be a little bit more liquid than maybe other things, which means for like other investments. The, so, uh, Tell me if this is wrong, but that would also mean then that however you allocate it, the risk would probably be low as well if the liquidity is high. You're, you're not going to be putting it into things that are going to be, I mean, the objective of an emergency fund anyway is not necessarily to grow it like uh, uh, quickly. The idea is just to store it away when you can grab it later, right? Exactly. You're not trying to get rich off your emergency fund. Um, like I said, the, you'll have different buckets of savings for things like that. For retirement for other things that have maybe a longer time horizon that can go through a little bit more market volatility can assume a little bit more risk but it it all comes down to the individual if they're it all depends on their risk profile really if they if they have a high risk tolerance and they're willing to have their emergency fund grow a little bit be subject to a little bit more risk then sure but yeah i would suggest having that a little bit lower risk a little bit more liquid that way you don't have to worry about losing that money and it's going to be available the day that you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me like, uh, just while we're on the topic of like, uh, topically what we're going through, uh, in the world right now with COVID and, and, uh, this economic volatility, uh, can you define what a depression is, what a recession is, and then what the difference is between the two? Cause there's a lot of talk going on with like, are we in a depression? Are we headed for a recession? Things like that. You know, a lot of clickbaity headlines, people trying yeah. to make predictions either way. But can you actually tell people what those two things are and then what the difference is? Yep. So basically they're timelines. Like they have a doomsday sort of connotation attached to them. I know that when I, even when I hear the words recession and depression, it brings up negative emotions. So uh, basically the definition of it is a recession would be any sharp market decline that lasts or any market decline that lasts for about at least six months and up to let's say 18 months. Um, so it's, it's more in like a month range versus a depression, which may last years. So um, depression could last up to 10 years. Recessions are generally a little bit more short term than that, but still long enough to have like a major impact on um, market or an economy, a global economy, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's basically the difference. They're just, they're a timeline for um, a market decline and yeah, recessions in the month range where depressions in the year range. Yeah. What is your, sorry, go ahead, Ted. I was going to say, Kev, do you think it's smart that I have all of my money underneath my mattress or is that a bad idea? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you weren't too worried about the markets the past um, oh, no. so. <laughs> Didn't matter to me. I was like, why is everyone complaining about the markets? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Go under are your you mattress. Implying, what are, you doing? are you implying that you're just paid in cash, Ty? Grandpa's bank is highly liquid, Uh-oh. baby. No, I just Uh-oh. cash all my checks because I like to, my mattress <laughs> is just money. So I need to oh, lay on something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I trust me. I do all my taxes, son. I'm above board on everything. <laughs> but, that, but that's what you would say on a podcast, right? That's going to go public. I'm cutting all of this out, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, edit this. I'm the master. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous. Uh, sorry, go uh, ahead, Tim. 
Uh, I forget what I was going to say now. Oh, damn it. Um, that's nice okay. one, Ty. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you another question, Kev. Sure. Um, during, during something like this, during a tough economy, what are some healthy financial habits that you would recommend to people? Like either in general or specific, um, ones that, you know, think about the listener who's listening to this and something that they could take away where they're like, oh, that's good. I'm either doing that, I should keep doing that, or I'm not doing that, maybe I should start now. Yeah. So it's actually, it's kind of, I find it cool. I'm, I'm very interested in habit building and kind of the behavior around finance um, or the behaviors around finance. So I'll actually give an example. So I initially got interested in investing four years ago. Um, I went and opened a direct investing account. Uh, at this point I was working on the group benefit side of things. So just strictly insurance was not doing any sort of investment aspect stuff. So just open a direct investing account, put some, uh, I put some OSAP loans into the stock market, put it into Netflix <laughs> and it was just like, everything was going up. And I was like, I was sitting there going, why am I even at work right now? I'm, I, I just need to pay trade. <laughs> like, uh, and so I didn't even realize what was happening. My greed was just like through the roof. I was getting, I thought I was the best investor in the world. I was looking at my percentages in the first like couple months, just cause the markets were going up. I was like, I'm, I'm literally the best investor ever. And, uh, and then got into the weed stocks. Those were on a super high at that point. And, and then next thing I knew they weren't and everything dropped and my, I didn't sell off and I was greedy. I was under that philosophy. Don't sell when things are bad. Don't sell when things are bad. And basically lost all the money that I had made. And it really made me check myself. And I realized afterwards, I was like, wow, this is a massive lesson in behavior. And so I think that right now what's happening is kind of doing the same thing for a lot of people where they've, for the past 10 or so years, things have been going great. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden things are going bad and they're calling their, I'm getting a lot of calls for people looking for second opinions as if their advisor is the one that's making this all happen. Right. And so it's, it's kind of funny to see people freaking out this way because it's a good lesson in keeping your cool, trusting what you've been doing, trusting that you're doing the right things trusting your plan and kind of staying even keel, not getting too high, not getting too low through these things. So that's kind of my biggest thing is to like, take a deep breath, make sure that you just continue on doing the right healthy behaviors. So kind of, I guess this will more answer your initial question that continue to save on a regular basis, continue to have like an intentional budget. If you, if you take a look at what you spend your money on, you'd be, most people I would say would be in disbelief how much money they spend on things that they don't prioritize. So if you were to say, what are your biggest five priorities? And then what are your biggest five expenses, what you spend your money on, they wouldn't line up that well for most people. So really take a look at that, put a little bit of intention behind why you're working for your money, what you want your money to go towards, save on a regular basis, be cool through this. And those are sort of the behaviors that I would suggest right now. Cool. The, the other thing I was uh, on that, it kind of just reminded me what I was going to ask you is, um, you know, you said you had a lot of people ask you for second opinions. Like I'm sure a lot of people are worried right now. Right. And they're probably even less trust, trustful in certain people. And cause they're just so uncertain right now. Um, do you think that this will be, uh, I don't know if the down, maybe the downfall is too like a extreme of a, a word, a descriptor, but like, do you think this will be a, 
well, a downfall of like robo advisors, like cash app or well simple or whatever, where they're like, Oh shit. Like maybe I should actually, instead of taking the cheap and convenient route, I'll just, I'll just hire an actual financial advisor because I need the human connection here in a situation like this. An app is not going to help me with this right now. Yeah, I think so. I think that if advisors do their job properly right now, it'll really differentiate the service that we provide Mm. versus a robo advisor. Now, I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with robo advisors. For some people, they're the right thing. I think that they're great to help people start building those proper habits and behaviors. Um, but really this is the time where having an advisor is going to be really beneficial for people. If they're client focused, if your advisor is checking up on you, making sure that basically letting you know that they have your back, that your plan's still in place, watching the market, making sure things are in place and keeping you up to date there and stopping you from making poor decisions, like selling off all your investments and all this sort of jazz. And, um, and that's really what's going to differentiate the live human version of a robo advisor. So yeah, I think that, yeah, I don't know if it'll necessarily be a downfall if that many people will recognize, yeah. but I think that it'll be a good opportunity for advisors to really show their worth. That makes sense. Uh, I, yeah. and I, I think that's a more tempered approach because uh, the potential is there. I mean, just like you, I've, I mean, similar with me as a personal trainer, I've of course heard, and continue to hear tons of horror stories of other personal trainers. Uh, but it doesn't mean personal trainers suck. It just means the potential is there, but a lot of people aren't, aren't reaching their potential as far as servicing their clients. And Funny uh, enough, I find, I see a lot of similarities between the service that I give my clients and the service that you guys give your clients. A lot of it too. is yeah. like behavior coaching, being a supportive resource for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people know that their health is important to them, right? They, if you were to ask people, what are your, what are two of your top priorities? Um, a lot of people would say that their finances are a top priority for them, right? They spend eight hours a day working towards it and they'd say that their health is important to them. But then a lot of people don't take the proper and necessary steps towards right. benefiting those, right? Yeah. A lot of it you, is you the guys behaviors. Run into the same tra- yeah. It's the behaviors, right? And the habits around it. So um, yeah, you guys run into a lot of the same problems I do. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, well I, I, know, I know that from previous conversations, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we always bring it up, right. That the, uh, conversations we've had off air and prior to this, where it's like the, there's a lot of parallels between, uh, advising someone, uh, uh on their finances and then advising someone on their physical health yeah. which, through personal training. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I think you had already uh, answered this question kind of uh, by accident, but uh, just um, you're, uh, from one of your answers before, but I was going to ask you if someone should still be making regular contributions um, uh, to their investments during this time. Because I think a lot of people, you know, if they have auto deposit or auto preauthorized payments or whatever going into, their, into, their, uh, mar- into the markets and like maybe they're, you know, people are panicking and obviously people are panic selling. So... Uh, are people panic stopping their payments and just being like, Oh, hoard everything and not, you know, what, at what point do you go? Don't do that. Uh, I, at no point would I advise someone to completely stop the behavior of saving. Well, not necessarily saving, but their sure. pre-authorized contributions. Mm-hmm. People are funny. The, the pre-authorized contributions protect people from their own in, inabilities almost like people 
for whatever reason, I have a hard time saving. So yeah. you set up pre-authorized contributions because it just happens in the background. It, mm-hmm. The money comes into your account when you get paid and then it goes, the, that portion, whatever you d- decide the pre-authorized contribution is going to be, goes into the investments. And I think that that should just continue through this. Like, like I said, long-term, this will bounce back. It always mm-hmm. does. Stay the course. Basically, if the moral of the story of this whole COVID thing can be one thing, it's just stay the course. Stay calm. You have a plan in place. It's going to work out. If you don't have a plan in place, now no better time than now to set one up. Um, but yeah, I would say with the pre-authorized contributions, definitely continue to do them. Um, it just it automates it just automates a good behavior. How or can you uh, kind of illuminate people on what you've been doing personally to coach yourself through this, or if you have an advisor yourself, I'm not sure. But if you're just coaching yourself through this, what are some of the ways that? Uh, yeah, you've been coaching yourself or, or things you've been focusing on to get through this financially. Kind of ironically, uh, my interest really peaked in the kind of behavioral investor aspect of things a few months ago before this all started. I know that you're a big fan of that too, Tim. Uh, so I actually, I listened to, it was initially, I listened to a podcast. That I think I sent it to you guys, the Rational Reminder podcast with uh, Ben Felix. And he had Dr. Daniel Crosby on. He's a, uh, he's a, basically a behavioral finance expert and and this uh psychology ex- expert and he had some really really good points about uh people basically saying what i'm saying right now just staying the course protecting people from themselves because humans are uh funny creatures when it comes to their decision making yep. um so hashtag hoarding tp yeah honestly <laughs> if, if this time hasn't been obvious enough of that like exactly obviously new, we are irrational beings like the new currency toilet paper yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm a toilet paper advisor now yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well i think um, all, of, all of that simply put kev is that you know to i let let's see if i can answer tim's question as well this is how i understand it if you continue with your pre-authorized payments and you put 100 bucks a month right? And a hundred bucks gets you five shares of whatever thing you have, right? Sure. Um, five mutual fund shares, whatever it is. A uh, hundred bucks will go a longer way if the markets are down. So you might buy 10 shares. So now when exactly. the shares are back up to when you were buying for five, but now you're getting 10, if they're back at the same value as when you were buying it when they were five, you essentially just doubled all that money. So simply exactly. put, if you keep putting money in right now and like that's staying the course, and I think that's very important, um, I think it's very important to say the course because at some point you'll go, Oh, look at how much money I've made now and that the market is back up. Yeah. And I think, I think basically what that comes down to is that when the markets go down, your preauthorized contribution amount has more buying power. Right. So, right. so yeah, like you said, you're going to be getting more, basically more bang for your buck when the markets are down. So if they continue to go down each month, then you're getting more for that amount of money that you're investing. So, and like, yeah, this is, sorry, like this is what, so let's go through that kind of conversation that you would have with someone, right? Cause I've had, I'm not in, in your, in your industry, but I've had similar conversations with people. It's like, Oh, maybe you should start putting away 20 bucks, hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, thousand bucks, whatever your thing is per month. And then they go at this time, right? Why would people not want to do that? They wouldn't want to do it now because they're like, well, what if I lose it? What if I lose it all? here's it's only like, I don't know what you, once I don't, you realize once you take <laughs> the money out once you actually take the money out of the investments is the only is that 
that point. Once you sell off, the yeah. Once you sell, yeah. Once you when, sell, you that's lose when it. you've lost the money, right? Yeah. If the value of it goes down, you need to realize what you're buying. So let's say you're you're buying stocks. If you buy ten shares of Apple, let's say you have ten shares of Apple, regardless of if it's valued at thousand dollars a share yeah. or hundred dollars a share, right? You still yeah. have those ten shares. So that's really what the money's going towards: buying shares of a company. Mm-hmm. So you need to remember that even when the value goes down, you still have that kind of equity in the company. substantial like, thing, right? So, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. Basically what I like to do with people is that, especially with the pre-authorized contributions, I know for myself, I don't even notice the money come out of my account. It becomes so regular. I look at my online banking app and it's just, it's just in that account. It just happens behind the scenes. Don't even notice it. Yeah. If people say that they won't be able to do it, ask if they have a gym membership or a phone plan. Do you ever notice that come out of your account? Generally, no. Um, and then it just grows. And one of my favorite things to do with people is to take a look, just pull up a compound interest calculator. For anyone that hasn't done that, I would suggest <laughs> doing it. Pretty fun. I find it very exciting myself. Go on a compound interest calculator, mess around with the numbers a little bit, see if you get a conservative return and you put in X amount of money, what it grows to by whatever date you decide, right? Based on the power of compounding. And it's generally a lot higher than what people expect. And it kind of gives them that excitement. I, I really like it because I can see it. I can see it in my client's eyes when I do it, that they're like, wow, I could have this much money by the time I'm 50. I could have this much money by the time I'm 45. Like, wow, this you know is what awesome. You could do this is, this is one of the silver linings of COVID is all these exponential graphs going around. You can be like, this is what your savings looks like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting uh, about that. You took that angle. I, I didn't even think about that perspective as far as like looking at, you know, if you're buying stocks in a company, you know, assuming you've done your research on the company, you believe in that company. So forget if it's $10 up or down or $100 up or down per stock. You, you believe in this company and you want a piece of that company. So think less about the exact, uh, the, the, the volatile, volatile value that goes up and down or whatever, you, whatever you call it. But, uh, cause what I was going to say is if people go and you can tell me if this makes sense or not, but like, you're kind of implying it when you said you need to protect people from themselves a little bit is like, if people go, oh, I don't want to put my money into that investment right now, the markets are so weird. Uh, you'd be like, well, you're going to spend it anyway. And you're going to yeah. spend it on probably shawarma and Tim Hortons or something, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. and like, I guess I can't really prove that, but I, I mean, sounds like a good investment to me. It's probably lucky. <laughs> it's, it's probably true for a lot of people. It's probably true for myself in a lot of situations, you know, it's like, yeah. If that's money, if that money is out of your account before you can spend it on, on stuff like that, then, you know, and I'm not saying don't spend on that kind of, that kind of goes back but, to the, uh, the whole pay yourself first thing that in pre-authorized right. contributions does that, right? If you pay yeah. yourself first and you know that that money is going to go into savings, you cannot spend it on other things. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's that funny enough, there's actually a good, uh, there's a good, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's a good, well, simple commercial that's on some podcasts where they basically say, you're going to start saving but once it's once the furnace is fixed and you're going to start saving but once you whatever like there's some other thing that comes in the way yeah. it's like no if you just start now yeah it's it's easy once it starts right and it happens behind the scenes and yeah i I've, I've, i'm kind of reiterating what i've already said but just yeah. starting now creating a plan having some intention behind those savings cuz that's the thing too that if people don't have 
a purpose behind why they're saving, which I, I know I did the same thing. I used to save money and it was all, I would eventually use it on something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I'm saving for a house or I'm saving for retirement or I'm saving because I want to have this. If I continue to save this much money at this return, I'll have this much money by the time I retire. If you don't have purpose behind it, then it's almost like, what's, what's the use? Why am I even doing this? And people don't have anything to get excited about. They don't have the motivation to save that money and to stay the course with their plan. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Are you stressed out right now? Am I stressed out? I'm a little bit nervous for the podcast. If that's what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant meant in general, as far as the pandemic, like do these markets stress you out or are you, are you able to practice uh, these behaviors that you preach as far as like keeping your cool, uh, chilling out, not, not worrying if they go up or down. Like even, you know, when the Dow had that record, uh, uh, that record point increase two days ago, whatever it was, everyone's like freaking out again. It's like, yeah, they're back down, whatever it is. I, th- it's like, I think it's, it's funny to watch how crazy people go with these things because yeah. it's clear that things are going a little bit haywire right now. Right. Having record days all over the place. Um, I've kind of taken a step back and I'm kind of watching objectively. I'm not really concerned because I'm young and my time horizon with my savings is a long time. Um, most, to be honest, the majority of my money is gone. I just got my, I just bought a house in September. So the majority of my money is gone there anyway. So it's not like I have a ton of money in the markets right now, but uh, I'm not personally worried about my own savings because my plan isn't short term whatsoever. And this is only really a short-term problem. This is going to be just a blip in this kind of blip in the scene in terms of my retirement or savings down the line. So I'm not personally worried. Um, actually, I'm, I'm encouraged a little bit because people are behaving a little bit differently than I expected them to. Yeah. When, when someone reaches out to me now, they're reaching out to me and listening to what I have to say a little bit harder than they did before. It's actually, it, it's a nice, it's, it's nice because when I talk to people, they're legitimately valuing my advice because they're, they're concerned. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm able to be calm and kind of that guiding light for them right now. So, uh, personally, I'm not freaking out whatsoever about my own finances. Um, my, for my clients, I think that as long as I can keep them to stay, keep them staying calm and sticking to their plan, then that, it, that keeps me happy. Well said. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think to <laughs> surmise everything into one easy little sentence is stay calm right now. Yes. Get some advice, but stay calm. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Have a beer. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We all had a beer before this. Like we're all pretty calm. This is awesome. Exactly. But, yeah. And yeah, like, and that's the thing too. If you've got, if you've got some extra time right now in your hands, I know a lot of people do. If you're working from home, uh, review your financial plan. Take a look. Remind yourself what sort of things you have in place. Kind of check back in on what's important. Give yourself, yeah, a refresher on it. Call your advisor if you have one. Um, talk to them. See what their opinion on everything is. See what recommendations they have. Um, they're going to guide you in the right direction. Stop you from making poor decisions right now. Uh, but yeah, stay calm and make good decisions. <laughs> are you seeing a different uh kind of attitude from you know older advisors just because they've seen more the ones that i'm working alongside with and have kind of partnered with seem very calm they they're experts they're tenured they've been through it they've yeah they've been around the block right so 
they uh, they're saying more or less the same sort of stuff that I'm saying. Um, it's nice to have that little bit of a, a support there for me too with more senior advisors. Um, Cause I don't want to be saying these things and be like, am I crazy? Am I being crazy right now saying right. this to people? But they're, they're on the same boat. Just That's stay cool. like, stay the course, um, stay calm. If you, if you need this money tomorrow, then that's a different story. But if, if you've got a time horizon that's not immediate, then stay calm. You got a plan in place for this reason to protect you against this. So, um, do you yeah. have, you, you don't have to share your opinion on this if you don't want, but, uh, do you have an opinion on, uh, just economically, uh, and just maybe, maybe morally, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the decisions that governments have been making maybe in the States, but definitely here in Canada with the, the actions they've been taking to like either bail out corporations or help out small businesses, uh, support families. I'm conflicted a little bit. Um, I do think that people right now need the support. Um, there's a lot of people that have children and mouths to feed and those things are important. Right. So, um, but then on the flip side, there's going to be a lot of money dealt out and kind of where does that money come from? It's going to, in my opinion, cost us a little bit in the long run. Um, I try, I try and stay out of the political talk, uh, especially on podcasts (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that a lot of people are going to be listening to, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted. Uh, I'm trying my best not to listen to the media right now. Um, not to listen to everyone's strong opinions on this sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'd say I'm, I'm middle ground right now. I'm kind of just floating even on it, not worrying too much about it. It doesn't take, really affect me, honestly, because take a stance. Yes. Sissy. <laughs> <laughs> Sound exactly like my dad, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, it doesn't really affect me because I'm still able to work right now. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people I I am able to work remotely regardless all the time. So, um, yeah. And same goes for my girlfriend said she's able to work from home right now. So, uh, we're not overly affected by this, but, um, I know that there are people that are in getting laid off and in different boats. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm a financial advisor and not a politician. I don't want to have yeah. to make those <laughs> yeah. tough calls. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are tough ones. This is why Tim and I are living at Kev's house because we both can't work and Kev's going to support us for the next couple of months. But we're living in different rooms though. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to isolate, baby. So uh, (laughs) feed us treats over the wall. Ooh, under the door. (laughs) Under the door, yeah. I get your each meal under the door each day (laughs) through the the dog hatch. Yeah, exactly. So this is (laughs) what prison feels like. (laughs) Getting back to the clink. Uh, Tim, do you have any other questions for Kev? I think that was it. Kevy covered it, and he covered nice. it quite well. Kevy did um, it, man. Except uh, I did want you to uh, expose yourself as a Trump supporter, and I'm really uh, sad that you didn't wear your your mega hat. I tried oh, to get you. I tried to get you, but uh, yeah, you you were able to elude that question. Yeah, I would. That I was going to end with that, but thanks for ruining it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Kev's just like. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Trump 2020. Yeah, see you. yeah exactly. <laughs> Walks away. Um, cool, Kev. We're at that, that time in the show where I get to ask you one simple question that isn't so simple. But let's see how you feel about it. If there was one thing you want every person on this planet to know, what would it be? So 
I've heard your other podcasts, so I expected this question to come. And I kind of touched on the two things I was torn between. Um, so the one I would say for sure is follow the five Ps. Um, it was an old hockey coach of mine that initially taught me, but proper preparation prevents poor performance. And it couldn't be more true in almost every walk of life. If you prepare for anything, whether it's living a healthy life to prepare yourself for old age and, um, and preparing your health so that you live a long, healthy life or preparing your finances for a pandemic that comes out of nowhere. Um, just in general, it's a great kind of motto to live your life. It forces you to think ahead. Don't think so short term, think long term. And I think that the other thing I would say is you can only control what you can control. Don't people get so wrapped up in the markets doing this and the markets doing that. But really, if you just think about what can I control, can I control any of this? Yes. No. Keep on honestly do. I hate to say this, but keep on keeping on with the good behaviors and, uh, and good things will come in my opinion. So yeah, I would say those two things. If you don't know what the good behaviors are, obviously you should have learned stuff throughout this podcast. But if you don't know what the good behaviors are, you're going to message Kev and he's going to tell you all about it. I will. That's the plan. Well said, man. That was beautiful. Contact for Kev will be in the show notes below. But Kev, do you want to plug your contact info for everybody? Sure. Um, You can email me at uh, kevboyd at rogers.com. Or if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's kevinboyd underscore slf. Um, and then Facebook, if you want to reach out, just Kevin Boyd. Um, yeah, that's basically where you can reach me at. I leave my phone number, but I just have too many people contact me. Yeah, wow. Thanks. Weird, weird, weird flex, dude. Weird flex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. That was a good show. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was fun. First Zoom, baby. The nerves are a little bit lower now. Nice. Yeah. yeah it only took, it only, it only took four beers. Wait, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> all we have to do is get you talking about something you like talking about and you're just yeah, going to go forever. Yeah. yeah, I'll yap, I'll yap for days. So. It's because we're amazing podcast hosts. That's why I guess. That's what it is. Exactly. Don't be surprised. But, yeah. Oh, it's awesome, boys. Cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, contact Tyler or I, you guys can contact us at uh, info at modestrength.ca if you want to email us. Uh, our website is modestrength.ca. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Motor Strength Health Club, and uh, Instagram at Motor Strength Health Club. So, uh, and obviously, subscribe, rate, review uh, uh, between sets the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. Whether I guess most people listen to this Apple, but whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, yeah, all those goodies. This one might be on YouTube now. So, absolutely, first one ever. Um, I'm honored. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at we are, our website just got a facelift as well. It's brand new. It's beautiful. Go check it out. Um, yeah. And you guys can find our contact information at the website as well. Again, that's modestrength.ca. And that's pretty much it. Thanks, it. Again, Kev. I, thanks, Kev. Cool. No, thank you guys. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Sweet. See you guys.